Hey, what's up? What's going on, fellas? <laughs> fellas. I mean, could fellas apply to women? Because, like, we're all equal. So, huh? Fellas. It's not It's not sexist, but just say fellas and not ladies because we could all be fellas. Anyway, I don't know where that came from. I ate a carrot earlier, and it tasted good. Um, the sky sometimes isn't blue. I don't know if anyone ever told you that in school. Sometimes it's just not. You just have to accept this. This is a fact of life. Um, life comes with facts included, you know, and it's like you don't really know if you want them to be included, but they are. Some of them are great. When they don't weigh in your favor, you try to let them go, but you can't do that because guess what? There's still facts. Facts are like concrete, you know, except harder. <laughs> I'm really funny. Self-proclaimed. Anyway, so, uh, yes, I am Alexander of Alexander the Podcast. Don't call me Alexander, though. Call me Alex. It's cooler. It's hip. It's in right now to call Alexander's Alex. I think it has been for the past few hundred years. You never know what you're going to do with uh, the, the lemons that people give you. You might make lemonade. Then again, you just might make some tangerines. <laughs> Oh, it's not possible. But anyway, um, unless you're an alchemist. But hey, you an alchemist? I mean, maybe not even. Unless you're in like full metal alchemist, then they could do that. They could do anything they want. They're crazy. Well, there's some new music. There's lots of new music this week, and it's great. It's amazing. Uh, this isn't new, though. This is from May, and I just like didn't catch it until now, and it's just amazing. New North Lane, the song Enemy of the Night. Like, whoa. you're not ready for this. <laughs> North Lane can do no wrong. <laughs> like, what <laughs> just happened? Like, na 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 na. Like, what is that melody? Oh, it's haunting. It's so magnificent. Um, are they gods? Did a god write it for them? What is that? They're just so beautiful. The verses, like, they're heart wrenching. Um, the storyline. He's going real specific about his father, and I totally appreciate that, and I'm sure he's been through so much, and I can, it's it's, it's hard to uh, relate to it directly when it's like, you know, that's not been my own situation, but I just uh, still, even when he gets, the lyricist gets very specific, um, like in the re- some of the recent stuff, like Bloodline, it's just the... Is like even when I can't relate to it directly, it's still very special. Like regardless of the content, because of the way that 
uh, he shapes his words around the music, and just the music itself is so magnificent. And I don't, I don't understand where these guys like what the things they do. I just want to go back and listen to that again. <laughs> I'm gonna do that right after I'm done with this. <laughs> but uh, anyway, um, without further ado, Chevelle put out a new song yesterday, and it's awesome. It's so awesome. It's probably one of my favorite songs they put out in a decade. It's really good. It's called Self-Destructor by Chappelle. god they're so awesome like what oh that was like this is very cool the way they um the writing on the new stuff well at least this song very kind of like tool but still in the style of chevelle uh very cool like it's it builds it's not like a straight up verse chorus song it's like very uh different but also cohesive uh very cohesive very unique very uh Oh my god, I love this song. I'm going to listen to it a thousand, a hundred thousand times. So good. Anyway, uh, moving on. Next up, uh, well, no, you know what? I want to I want to hang on Chevelle for a minute because there was a thought I definitely I wanted to touch on that I didn't touch on. Um, they have evolved so much. <laughs> like uh, the, I've, the span of time I've spent listening, I've, I've been listening to Chevelle is just so unfathomable. Uh, I think I heard the red in like fifth grade or sixth grade and was just like this guy's voice. And it wasn't like my favorite song. I was just like, it was cool, but like the guy's voice. And then I listened to their other stuff and uh, I just was blown away. And I've always been blown away by Chevelle. And I just, um, I'm really stoked that there are some artists that I listen to from childhood that are still doing stuff. And like right now are utilizing the, uh, this weird, energy that we have going on with this terrible situation uh to make amazing music and i'm just i'm thrilled that chevelle is one of the bands that are that have come full circle with their stuff and have really made a science of their style and are now uh yeah making more amazing music than they've ever made before so great anyway moving on uh next up was i've never heard of this artist uh mal's monday but I love West Side Boogie, who's featured on his new song, so I had to check it out. And this song's awesome, so check out a little snippet of uh, Trippin' by Mal's Monday featuring uh, West Side Boogie. Yo, yo, I know that the love is fake. Whoa, whoa. Supposed to put my soul at ease. Hold me down, but let me breathe. You ain't supposed to make me suffocate. Got a heart, I got a feed, so I had to make my stomach wait. Who gonna be my savior when my dog become contagious? Trying to fight it, cause my thoughts could be so dangerous. I'm saying, uh, I created space, I put myself up in the matrix, ducking fade in the imaginary agents. I've been trying to stay inside, keep my energy protected. I can't f too many, f I can't give out all my essence. Uh, Trump up out of office, another opera got elected, gotta choose a lesser evil, so I guess this shit a blessing. Still tipping like I'm for walls, guarding all my feelings. I got demons. Shut my nigga more, that's my mother 
fucking dog. Uh, pray I don't get what, what, pray I don't get more, cause I do this shit for y'all. But sometimes I know why, sometimes I be tripping, dog. Roll a little split, I take a hit, then I be drifting off. Remember they was dissing hard. Tried to pull a 20 deep, but then my roster let that pistol low. She ain't wanna get involved. She didn't. Said she heard about me, but yeah, this song is awesome. I had that beat. What like oh the 16th and the hi hat and the the oh man the the production value on the sounds themselves, like the samples they're using regardless are just uh or maybe they maybe they even got a guy playing drums. For real, I don't know, but just the the beat they got there's fire, so funky, great. Puts you in your feels, but it still gets you like bopping. I love that. Westside Boogie's been on so many amazing tracks like that recently. I got pulled into his last album uh, with Oh My, that might have been a few albums ago, but regardless, like oh, Boogie's awesome, and this guy Mal's Monday also very awesome. Like that 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 hook is great. Oh, it's so good. So good, but yeah, so that beat's amazing. Make sure you go check out uh, Trippin' by Mal's Monday featuring Westside Boogie. The one before that was Self-Destructor by Chevelle, and the one before that was Enemy of the Night by Northlane. So next up, I have not, I've not ever been a big fan of uh, Escape the Fate, to be honest with you, and uh, they put out a new song that's really awesome. I, I really enjoy it. I think I'm going to probably turn that around I, mean, I don't not like them i just feel like there's better bands in the genre i just like it's no it's nothing personal um when they had ronnie i felt like they had a more cohesive thing going on with you know the situation the album with situations and you know i, I i'm not a <laughs> quite the emo connoisseur as some of my friends so i can't the name is escaping me but yeah the album with situations on it Thought that album was amazing. Um, you know, still a little cheesy at times. And then they kind of cranked up the cheese, I feel like, when Ronnie left a little more. And they were just kind of like, you know, we're riding that, you know, like leather jackets and pretty boy theme thing. And I was kind of like, eh, I'm not really buying it now. Um, but, you know, Craig Mabbitt's still extremely talented. I have always respected their talent. It's just the music that they put out. Um, like, I mean, the guillotines you know, are the war. Oh, uh, no, 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 no. Uh, <laughs> this war is ours, I believe, is the one. I think the guillotine is the falling in reverse song. Oops. Oops. Hey, I corrected myself, at least, and I admitted that I'm not a huge fan, but I respect you. Anyway, um, this song is awesome, though. Very cool. And it's featuring Travis Barker. Like, that's uh, out of left field. I would have not expected that with Escape the Fate at all. So, obviously, they've come a very long way. Uh, much respect. And this song is just awesome. So check this out. It's called Not My Problem by Escape the Fate. Yeah, so uh, they're sounding better than they've ever sounded. Uh, the production's huge. Oh, it's huge. Oh, my. Oh, and my monitors, it just sounds ridiculous. Oh, it's so awesome. Yeah, the production value on this is huge. Craig sounds better than he's ever sounded, looks better than he's ever looked. The band looks amazing. The video is incredible. Uh, 
absolutely spectacular. This is featuring uh, featuring Travis Barker. Um, and of course, like, I mean, the drums just sound huge. So no surprise there. The groove is incredible. Uh, there's just so much going on in the song that isn't really what I'm accustomed to with Escape the Fate. When it came on, came on my release radar, I was like, okay, I'll, I'll always give it a chance because I respect these guys. And I know that they're capable of doing things I like. And they did it. This is a spectacular song. I'm going to listen to it a lot. I uh, can't say enough good things about it. Very stoked. I love I love seeing bands that, like, you know, I'm just honest. If I say I don't like a band, it has never once been spiteful or personal or anything other than I hear the music and I am honest and I tell you my immediate impression, period. And uh, this is great. I've been, I, I love when bands that I don't think I'm going to, like, come around with put out something that completely turns around how I look at the band. Uh, this is definitely one of those situations, um, and it makes me very happy. I, I'm somebody who likes to be proven wrong. <laughs> I like to be proven wrong. I don't say things like trying to be right forever. If I say something and it sucks to hear, it's because I want to see it change. It's because I, wa- I want to eventually have whatever whoever I said that to come back and be like, well, that's not how it is anymore. Check this out. And I'm going to be like, hell yes, that is awesome. And I'm going to just be stoked. And that's just, that's how I am. I will be stoked when I am genu- genuinely stoked. I won't be stoked just for the sake of being stoked and making people feel good when I'm not actually, actually stoked. But uh, yeah, so anyway, long story short, this song is amazing. Escape the fate, not my problem. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Go check out the whole song. So good. Anyway, next up, a uh, new artist I have not heard of, Mod Sun featuring Avril Lavigne. So, obviously, uh, Mod Sun must have come a very a very long way in a short period of time. Or maybe he's been around forever and I just haven't caught. I don't know. I didn't do the research. But that's not what I'm here to do. I'm here to show you the song. Anyway, this new song, Flames, featuring Avril Lavigne, is a... Uh, very catchy, awesome song, um, super good production, super cool groove in the verse. Yeah, check us out. great um i love this song just because it's it's another like uh you know i love what young blood and machine gun kelly are doing right now just because you know if even if you don't like what they're doing specifically it's it's a stri- it's straying away from our formulaic pop pattern that we've had shoved and force fed down our throats forever finally with something that's like you know got some genuine emotion and something real to say and like a true personality behind it. And um, this song, I feel, accomplishes that. At the same time, like I don't know what else Mod Sun has to offer, so I'm not going to just throw him in that category with Youngblood and MGK because I've heard enough of Youngblood and MGK to know like I love what they're doing in general. 
But uh, this guy, I mean, maybe he just put out one good song. Maybe, maybe you know, I'll go check out the rest of his stuff. I'm sure I'll find the, the motivation at some point, And then I'll, uh, you know, maybe throw some other stuff on here. Maybe forget about it. But, you know, regardless, that song's awesome. Definitely going to listen to it a lot. Uh, super catchy. The production's huge. Avril sounds great. Uh, super awesome hook. Those The way the drums stop in the verses and then let the... Uh, so that the guitar and the bass kick on the next measure at this at the start is just uh sounds excellent uh whoever they worked with for producer absolutely crushed it i should probably look that stuff up ahead of time but hey you know what i gave you i give it you the music i bring it the music you bring it the ears you bring your ears and your beautiful face you know, if you want to, or you can leave your face at home. I don't know. It's up to you. I'd prefer your face was there just for health reasons. Uh, yes. Anyway, next up we got, um, oh, I've been anticipating some of this for a while. LeJohn Witherspoon of Seven Dust put out some solo stuff. I think I said, I think I did a podcast on my episode maybe three weeks ago, two weeks ago. I did, uh, the drummer of Seven Dust solo material and it's amazing. And I was saying, I think, like, ah, LeJohn, when are we going to get some solo material from you? Because I mentioned that Clint, the guitarist, had also done some. And, you know, LeJohn is one of my favorite singers ever. So super excited to hear him doing solo stuff. This song is awesome. It's called Chain Smoking. going to show you a little snippet. Chain Smoking by LeJohn Witherspoon. I know my lease is up and the bailiff's at the door. And still I'm hanging on to the life we have before. For my Saturday, can't be good for my lungs. I change smoking your love. I change smoking your love. I change smoking your love. Yeah, amazing, absolutely amazing. I love it. The production's huge, huge. I love the the little vocals in the back. Ooh, ah, that is amazing. Uh, his voice is just. LeJohn's just always on top of his game. He's just going to get better and better and better. He's ne- he's like a fine wine. He's just going to keep on uh, getting better until eternity ends. He's just an immortal angel. And, uh, yeah, I uh, I just I love <laughs> – I don't know if you can tell. I, I love LeJohn. He's one of my favorite humans probably ever. He's just one of the most humble people that exists. And uh, he's done so much. Like, Seven Dust are titans of the music industry – that's not an exaggeration. They played Woodstock in 92, 93, 94, and I know it's not the, the 70s Woodstock, but to anybody who's ever heard of new Metal, you know what Woodstock 94 was, and yeah, they played that. They played 92, you know, uh, they played 99 with Biscuit and the break stuff and the whole uh, riot and the, the place turning into a city of fire. <laughs> yeah, uh, they've been around forever. They've just gotten better with time. So many bands don't do that. They like so many other bands. The norm, the normal thing is to you hit that the your you hit your stride and you do really great and you put out some music that a lot of people love and then you just the music starts to get you know just kind of dwindles in quality as time goes on. This is not that band. Their last album is my favorite album they've ever put out. They put out this album in 2020, uh, Blood and Stone. 
Yeah, Seven Dust is amazing. LeJohn's amazing. I, I couldn't wait to hear his solo material. It's really great. It's got that, like, that southern draw to it, and it's just so uh, well composed. So excited to hear more. Um, it's just a single. Just a single came out a week ago, but I imagine that he wouldn't be putting out a single if he wasn't going to put out an album. So what's good, LeJohn? Let's go. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. Don't take my aggression in a bad way because it's just because I love you big time. Love you. Anyway, uh, next up, <laughs> we got the band Affiance covering Take On Me by AHA. Ah! Anyway, it's uh, really awesome cover i really enjoyed it so i want to show it to you here's a little snippet of take on me by a fine so needless to say i'm odds and ends but i'll be stumbling away slowly learning that life is okay say after me it's no better to be safe than sorry Oh, that's so awesome. What, a, what an amazing cover. That was so good. Like, ah, it's so good. Affiance is great. They've been around forever, and they're just amazing. Uh, maybe not forever, but, you know, they, they've they been killing it for however long they've been around. Uh, <laughs> that cover is just incredible. I was very stoked to hear it. came out yesterday. Uh, it's a single. Of course, not, not uh, maybe... maybe indicative of an album maybe maybe we'll find out you know maybe something will happen maybe we'll squeeze some oranges into orange juice or or maybe just squeeze lemons out of the oranges it, we'll see what happens it'll be weird but uh yeah anyway take on me affiance amazing so good so good oh my god it's great uh next up we got enigma by andromeda new band i have not heard of um looks like they're relatively new in general they only have uh, about 10,000 subscribers only about 2,000 views on this song and that was from like a week ago so i mean you know it's not a lot so make sure you go check it out check them out go show them support this song is really awesome it's called enigma by andromeda just huge on this very unique cool sound it sort of like reminds me of north lane a little bit but it's got it's got other a lot of other influences in there as well uh it's just they do very cool i'm not used to liking or loving um instrumental music <laughs> it's hard i'm very picky with it and then this song came on and i just even though there were no vocals i really enjoyed it it's definitely uh it just it crushes it does some really cool stuff uh and the production is just 
very interesting and unique and huge and um yeah they really combine the distorted guitars with the electronic music very well so i'm going to be checking out this group for sure andromeda with an i because i know andromeda is usually a-n-d-r-o-m-e-d-a but this is m-i-d-a i'm sure they did that for branding purposes to make it easier to find uh as if they use the e then they'd be got caught up with everything else that's ever been called andromeda which is a whole bunch of sci-fi stuff so regardless um Great work to these guys. That's excellent. Uh, the last new-ish song I have. So all the other songs that I just played, other than the North Lane one I started with, came out yesterday. Uh, so make sure to go check those out. However, this next one came out five months ago, but I just heard it, and it's just unbelievable. I was blown away. Um, so Blake 182 has been putting out music, new music, you know, in the past five or Ten years or so, you know, or you know, just when whenever Tom DeLonge left, they've still been putting out music. It's good, you know, it's decent, but it doesn't really, you know, ever get me st- where where I am when I'm listening to their older stuff. This new song though, uh, called "Quarantine," which I had not heard, is so awesome and totally reminds me of like how they used to be, and it's like kind of a modern take on that. And they use the quarantine subject so well, and yeah, you just have to hear this. Here's a little snippet from "Quarantine" by Blake One Eighty Two. Like, it's like their old school punk stuff. It's just really great and awesome. It reminds me of like uh, like Bad Religion or MXPX or uh, Sponge. Kind of like puts get, gives me that old feel of like that that '90s punk stuff, and it's just so great. Um, and like, yeah, I love I love that song. It's so cool. Was very happy to hear Blink 182 going in that direction. Uh, you know, even with just a well, I think this was off an album. <laughs> I should have looked it up. But yeah. Uh, it's very, uh, very great. Good song, Quarantine, Blink-182. Go look it up. If it's on an album, I'm sure that album's cool too. Um, I did hear some other songs from them earlier in the year that I was not too happy about. Like, you know, uh, well, not ha- not not happy about, but like I wasn't crazy about. Uh, like, Happy Days kind of didn't hit my ears the right way kind of every time I try to listen to it. But what are you going to do? Like, I, I get what they're going for. I get it. I just can't lie to myself. So I just, you know, I'm not crazy about it, but, uh, this song quarantine, really great, really great. It's just, it's just everything I want from blink 182. So thank you. Thank you guys for being around for so long and being so awesome. All right. That does it for our new stuff. So we're going to go seriously old stuff right now. Do the historical shout out. Talk about Robert Johnson, who is a majorly influential, uh, like blues guitar player from the, uh, 1910s, 1920s, and um, he did things that were very different than anybody had done with the guitar prior. Uh, people think it's because he had really long fingers and he was able to kind of just like do things differently. Um, other people think that he was actually cursed by the the devil. Um, 
that he because he had been trying for a very long time to be really good at playing guitar and was determined to but was not anywhere near as good as the other people that were playing around him in his town and then he left for a year and a half and nobody really heard from him and he came back and then he just was shredding and singing amazing and everybody was like well you must have sold your soul to the devil or something how'd you do this and he like never like told them that uh that's not what happened and i think he probably was doing that you know kind of to troll them <laughs> kind of to be like I, just, I practiced a lot let them think what they want you know that kind of seems what it was um there's an excellent documentary about robert johnson on netflix called devil at the crossroads so be sure be sure to check that out um i know he influenced any number of massive jazz musicians and uh anywhere to i believe even up to Jimi hendrix so um definitely make sure to check out robert johnson i mean not that you know he needs the exposure now that he's dead but uh you know just for yourself to understand music history you should go check out robert johnson so anyway and the devil was walking side by side And I'm going to be my woman until I get satisfied. She said, You don't see why that you would dog me round. Now, he wasn't the first man to play the blues, per se, but he was. Uh, he refined that guitar playing technique and those chord progressions uh, being played on an acoustic guitar the way that they, you know, the, the best way that they could have been played back at that time. So he he just had such a, a uh, wide-ranging influence of on so many guitar players throughout history so just make sure to have robert johnson in your brain know who he is if you're you know a musician or somebody's interested in music history in general just at all uh or you're a guitar player any of that robert johnson very very significant anyway so that does it for the uh the new the new or old music showing portion of the show next up i wanted to have i wanted to do a little discussion portion um on a subject that is very kind of sensitive for a lot of people. I'm not going to, I'm not going to dive too far onto one side. Cause like nobody's right or wrong. Um, cause just throughout history and, uh, what humans have done in our history, we can't blame people for living their lives the way they do, but we also can't blame people for wanting to change. So, uh, talking about whether or not to eat meat. So, my take on this, um, I was listening to Joe Rogan the other day and that kind of like inspired me to want to talk about this because he phrased it in a way that I couldn't really argue with because like to me, I love animals. I don't want to hurt animals at all. It, it drives me crazy to think about like pigs being as intelligent as they are and like knowing what's happening to them and being slaughtered in these horrible industrial farmhouses that just need to stop existing. Um, the The... I think what happens is this is a subject that gets generalized to such an extent because there's so many facets involved. But the fact is um, what is being said is that eating meat is good or bad or not eating meat is good or bad. Well, nobody's really saying that not eating meat is bad 
morally they're just you know the health question is really the uh the only thing that's being brought into play and there's so many different findings because so many different doctors will cherry pick based on what their bias is um and i think what gets buried in the whether or not you should eat meat question is industrial farming and what it is it's despicable no one can argue that industrial farming is the number one contributor to greenhouse gases in the world did you know that (laughs) it literally contributes to global warming um it's it's a terrible terrible industry conducted in a terrible terrible way they coop these animals up in little tiny cages for their whole lives you know from birth until they're slaughtered and that's not how you're supposed to do this um there that's that's the best argument that the vegans have and that's a very valid one you know but the point joe rogan made and the point that i can't really help but agree with is the fact that um this isn't so much indicative of whether or not to eat meat as it is whether or not to uh a question of how to treat these animals and whether or not it's being done in a humane way because regardless of whether or not you eat animals until the animal dies it should be treated in with respect in a humane way, fed well, kept in a place where it can roam and be with its family and be comfortable, you know, and like ultimately not cutting the lifespan short when you don't need to. Um, The fact is, though, a point that he does make a lot, but this is not the point that inspired me to want to talk about this. The point he makes a lot is that humans have forever eaten meat throughout our entire history. And the reason for this is because in the wild... Um, 95% of animals are edible and 95% of plants are not. What this to him indicates is that the earth is kind of telling us that uh, we're not supposed to just eat plants. We're not supposed to just have a diet of plants, but we're supposed to have a diet of both because we have every we have all these resources. Why cut them in half and only use one side of the resources? That doesn't make sense. Um, but the point that, you know... Um, you know, and that's not that's not necessarily a point that I directly agree with. Like, I mean, like I don't not agree with it either. It's kind of that's not really the the main point that drives me in this discussion. But the one that he made that really drove it home for me that we're not talking about whether or not to eat meat. We're talking about whether and like how to treat the animals. Um, the 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 fact is, in the wild, there is no cruelty free lifestyle. There's not. They don't die of old age. They don't go to hospice. <laughs> Uh, they don't, you know, die in their sleep. They, they get eaten or they starve or they freeze or they get injured and then they get eaten or disease or, you know, they burn to death because of wildfires. Um, all of these deaths that I just mentioned, when you think about it, when you really think about it are a lot worse than being shot in the brain or the heart by an experienced hunter who knows how to make a clean shot because the animal doesn't feel that. The animal just dies. Light goes out. Bye. There's no feeling. There's no pain. There's no like squealing and like it feeling the agony of what it's of what you've done to it. It's just over. And um, where these animals are going to die in a certain way that's going to be far more painful and far more excruciating than that it's hard to say don't hunt when elk are uh they there's a great population of elk and deer and 
So that's the the hunting conversation. Uh, But when it comes down to it, if you don't have farming and you don't have humane farms that are taking care of the animals the right way, um, there's not going to be a way to control the population of the animals, which means, does that mean the cows are going to take over the world? (laughs) And like, you're going to have more cows per square mile than people? No, but what it means is there's going to be concentrations in certain areas where you have now uh, a whole lot of one creature in one area and it's taking up so much room and taking up so much food and uh, area that they have to ultimately kill them anyway. And then a lot of those animals end up going to waste, like with um, the warthogs in California. I can't remember the specific name they give to them um, because they're not called warthogs, but they're like a type of warthog in the warthog family. And they are so rampant in parts of the West Coast that they just... They have to hire people to go out and just kill them. And it's not like they're using their um, meat or anything or their bones or any part of their body. So it's like um, the fact is there's no way to really avoid cruelty in the wilds or in general (laughs) in this life. Um, But there are ways to make the lives of these animals better while they're here um, than they would be in the wilds. But what what no one's going to debate is that being in the wild is a thousand times better than being in one of those industrial slaughterhouses. No doubt. No doubt. I'm sure any one of these animals, if you gave them a human brain and taught them English and asked them, would you rather uh, live in a cage until you get a quick death, some of them not so quick, or would you rather die a slow, terrible death in the woods but still get to be free in the woods? Obviously, they'll pick to be free in the woods. But if you take that same animal, give it the same brain, teach it the same English, and you say, hey, what about this farm with a wide open pasture, other animals just like you, and uh, great food, and you can do whatever you want until that day comes? I think that all of the animals would take that. Why do you think cats and dogs, when you treat them right, aren't going anywhere? They're not trying to leave. They're not trying to go run around in the woods. They want you to take them outside if you treat them right and you bring them outside and you feed them and you love them. They're not going anywhere. They don't want to go anywhere. What makes what makes these other animals any different? And I mean, ultimately, you know, we don't kill our cats and our dogs eventually to eat them. Um, but when it comes down to it, dogs and cats on the street are going to live a longer life than, uh, you know, a pig would in the wild with coyotes. I don't know. It's uh, it's such a hard subject. And it's really hard to say. And I personally have cut a lot of meat out of my diet. What I do is I, I can't just go cold turkey because I just am so used to so many things. Like I won't eat enough if I do that because I don't know about enough substitutes. But anytime I find a good substitute, I then take that and I incorporate that into my diet instead of whatever meat I was eating in its place before that. Um, so I am doing my best. There are really good ones out there. They're these, uh, Buffalo chickpea burgers. They have at whole foods that taste just like a Buffalo chicken burger. And it's amazing. I, I usually take like, I like take some sesame seed oil and like cook up some cabbage. And then I, um, throw some ranch on a brioche bun. And then I put one of those on top and then put some of the cabbage. And it's amazing. It's amazing. So like, there are good alternatives. It's just there's also the the super like processed stuff that I just can't eat because it's terrible to my stomach. It's worse than the worst food <laughs> I could find that wasn't you know vegan. So um, 
I do care. You know, I'm trying, I'm trying to figure this out. But at the same time, I can't, I can't argue with that fact. Industrial farming is terrible, but, um, and it's, it's definitely the, the worst case scenario, but the second to worst case scenario has got to be getting eaten to death in the wild. So I don't know. It's a conversation to be had and it's definitely a whole lot of stuff to consider. And I'm totally open to hearing everything and all I want, I, I want the animals to be happy and comfortable too. I love them so much. I love animals so much. I have always deeply loved and cared about animals. Um, I, I follow a lot of pages that are into wildlife conservation and I really do. I donate to charities like the, uh, wildlife conservation society, Oceana, uh, the ocean cleanup, um, even Thorne who's into child trafficking. Like I, and they, they have saved a lot of kids. You know, I, I really do care. Um, and I feel like when we talk about vegan or not vegan, the, the question starts to be like, you know, well, you don't care or you care too much or like you're, you're overdoing this or something. And it's like, it's not about that. It's, it's about being comfortable. And I just think that, um, if we can find a way to humanely farm everywhere and completely phase out these greenhouse gas filled, uh, industrial slaughterhouses, we'll be doing a really great thing for the world in general. Anyway, moving on to, uh, to lighter, lighter subjects. I got some news, some of it's uh, some good news, you know, you know, lighthearted, cool news, and some just, you know, peculiar. It's very bizarre. Um, first news story we got, Axl Rose buys Dave Grohl a guitar to thank him for his gig throne. Of course, this is the throne that uh, Dave Grohl sat on after he broke his leg to finish out the tour that he was playing um, a few years back, and I guess he gifted it to Axl Rose, so Slash had him... So Axel had Slash go and buy Dave a super beautiful guitar um, to repay that. I got the the link to this article in uh, in the description, so make sure to go check that out. Super cool, super cool to hear stuff like that. Um, not that you know very many people are Axel Rose's biggest fan anymore, but <laughs> uh, this is cool. You know, it's cool to hear about these guys interacting on that level and uh, you know doing cool stuff like that, regardless of. Uh, why or what or anything and you know that gig throne is super cool it, <laughs> axel rose definitely owed dave something uh with him giving him that because it's, it's amazing to look at just the the spectacle that is the throne the game of thrones anyway um next up not so good news um <laughs> iced earth's john schaffer i believe the guitarist of the band ice earth uh sought by police and fbi for storming the u.s capitol yeah, so uh, I don't know. Wherever side you stand on this, the uh, left or right, we all got to admit that was completely preposterous. And I would say worse words, but I don't want to have to click the little checkbox that says I have explicit words in here and then lose all the viewers that are under 18. Otherwise, I'd be saying a lot worse things. What the like really like who just like you think that that's the way that we deal with things is that we all band together to go to the capital to make fools of democracy that's 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 your answer 
because you've tried so hard in so many other ways, haven't you? No, you haven't. You haven't done anything except complain on Facebook. That's what you've done. And now you're like, now that complaining on Facebook hasn't worked to get this corrupt person back into office who's done terrible things. I learned about another terrible thing. You want to you learn about another terrible thing that the Trump administration did? Go uh, watch the Joe Rogan episode with Brian Fogle. came out yesterday. Uh, he made the movie Icarus. Now, this is a documentary about um, the Russians cheating in the Olympics for the past few decades, like swapping out urine samples and like, you know, all being hopped up on stuff that's completely illegal in the Olympics and stuff like that. And for decades... <laughs> Because of all this corruption in the Olympics and the, uh, you know, the council that governs them. And um, so this guy made this documentary and he also made another documentary called The Dissonant, which was about a um, journalist named Jamal Hamadi from Saudi Arabia and a young, a teenager, na- 19, well, 19 year old named Omar at the time that this man talked to him. Um, and Omar was speaking out from like you know the safety of Canada he had moved from Saudi Arabia to Canada about the Saudi Arabian government how terrible they are to their people and Jamal Hamadi had been looking for somebody to like talk to who would um give other first-hand accounts about how terrible the Saudi Arabian government is because in Saudi Arabia they directly edit everything for their people so their people get false information on the internet and the um the saudis even have uh farms of people making fake news and things to put out there to influence people so jamal hamadi and omar were trying to make this uh more widely known but obviously had to go into hiding elsewhere um jamal hamadi went uh and was hiding in america after he had uh, shared some information about the Saudi Arabian government, rightfully so, because they've <laughs> very corrupt, not the government, the monarchy. Um, anyway, and uh, so he's hiding in America. He meets a woman, falls in love with her, goes to the um, Saudi Arabian consulate in America to get marriage papers to marry this woman. And uh, the... Mohammed Ben Saul, I believe, the head of the Saudi Arabian consulate, uh, had this man murdered. Yeah, on Saudi Arabian soil in America, you know. Um, had him literally dis- dismembered. Uh, they have transcripts with audio of the men who murdered him literally um, laughing about it, making jokes about it beforehand and Mohammed bin Saul is the man who ordered this to happen and you know the Trump administration remember them yeah they uh Trump arranged for Mohammed bin Saul to hopefully in in his hopes not not mine not mine or hopefully anybody else's for Mohammed bin Saul to get immunity now why would he do this hmm um could it be that he's friends with the Saudi Arabian monarchy the way he's friends with Putin Probably. Why else would he do that? Can you think of a reason? I can't. You know, typically people who order the dismemberment of people who are in America are able to be prosecuted. But now Biden can't prosecute Mohammed bin Saul because of that immunity. So, um, 
yeah, if you needed another reason, regardless, my point is this is a democracy and there's terrible things happening behind our backs that are making it not so much of a democracy, but more of a, uh, you know, just a corrupt mishmash of nonsense. And um, I know there's a lot of confusion and there's definitely corruption on both sides. Are we going to deny that? (laughs) All right. Okay. I mean, uh, yeah, we can't, but regardless, um, it's just disgusting the way that democracy is being defiled. And I think anybody who supported that protest at this Capitol in favor of this terrible administration that granted immunity to murderers, uh, and you know, did other worse things, not worse, but maybe, you know, other bad, terrible things. Um, (laughs) don't support them. Don't support that band. Don't support anybody who supports this. It's disgusting. I don't support them. Am I going to, you know, say I hate anybody? Am I going to openly like attack anybody? No. But am I going to say don't support them? Oh, oh yeah, hundred percent. Don't don't support anybody who's in this. If they eventually change their mind and they want forgiveness for being so silly, to have supported uh, a lack of freedom, because the, their version of freedom is is taking away our the rest of our freedom. <laughs> okay, good for you. Get out of my country. <laughs> not not my country, but you know the, the country of the people who want to be free. That's who should live here. Everyone else, go find a place to not be free. Or try and, you know, infringe on other people's rights. You're not gonna infringe on mine though. Good times. Anyway, uh, next up. <laughs> this is hilarious. Britney Spears' ex-husband, who isn't Kevin Federline. I didn't even write down his name because who cares? Oh, his name's Jason Alexander. <laughs> He's he's the bad. There's a good Jason Alexander and a bad Jason Alexander. We have located the bad Jason Alexander, and uh, he's unfortunately still alive. Just <laughs> I'm a jerk. Um, no, I'm glad you're alive. But uh, yeah, he went and supported this uh, this protest as well. You know. Oh well, if it was Black Lives Matter, they'd have tanks rolling down the streets. It's like I mean, um, yeah. They would. And it's it's sickening to think that they didn't for this. Because the fact is, uh, these, these men were armed. They were bringing contraband into the Capitol. I don't recall any Black Lives Matters protesters bringing contraband into federal buildings, do you? <laughs> no, I remember them destroying some targets. Ah, but that, that was worth... That was worth um, the tanks and the military, but but not the uh, you know the armed people bringing contraband into our nation's capital. Um, hmm, it's confusing. I, it feels like maybe they were more prepared for the Black Lives Matters protests than they were for this one. Um, I don't know. The whole thing, whole thing freaks me out really does. I don't understand any of it. Um, and it doesn't make sense. And, uh, it just, it just seems like they have more of a desire. There's more of a desire from our government to kind hopefully this is, this is very likely going to change with the shifting of the administration. Um, but with the conservative administration we have right now, you know, for the next few days, it just seems like we're in this terrible place where 
they're more concerned with um, Black Lives Matter than white supremacy. <laughs> I uh, I don't understand that. White supremacy has been a problem forever since this nation started, since before that. So um, Black Lives Matter has not and is not in... Uh, has doesn't continue to be an issue. It was a, a voice for people that needed a voice. And, um, you know, George Floyd's killer and accomplices are in jail where they should be because of that voice. And a lot of good things have come from that. I Nothing good is going to come from storming this Capitol. <laughs> nothing. Nothing good is going to come from it at all. Um, you know, police reform and putting these killers in jail, that was important. Keeping Trump in office, that's important? That's important to you? Seriously? You must not know about the fact that he he, he grants immunity to murderers then. Because, again, go watch the episode of Brian Fogel, Joe Rogan, if you have any curiosity as to whether or not Trump has no problem with people who murder people and giving them immunity. It's sickening. Maybe his life was threatened. Who knows? We have no idea. No way to know. But um, regardless. <sighs> to compare the two protests is just disgusting. You cannot compare a Black Lives Matter protest to a bunch of idiots storming a democratic proceeding to try and keep a tyrant in office. How does that make sense? They're fighting against themselves. The Black Lives Matter protesters were not fighting against themselves. They were fighting against the police. They had a clear-cut goal and, well, not, not, not. No, 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 that's a, that's a stretch. Clear-cut goal, that's a stretch. Because, like, police reform is not what they were shouting for. It's, it is what they should have been shouting for, um, you know, the whole time. It is what they were shouting for part of the time, but it's not what they were shouting for the whole time. And it's like, that should be the thing. That should be it. Defund the police? Silly. Uh, reform the police and give them more money for training and personality tests and make sure they can weed out. If they have more money, they have more money to hire more people. If they have more money to hire more people, they can train more people and then they can weed out the bad people and they don't have to rely on, oh, well, we only had this many trainees, so we have to let this guy with the terrible personality test through. They don't have to do that anymore. If they don't have to do that anymore, we can kind of figure this out. But at the same time, police reform isn't just the only problem. We also have prison reform. Without prison reform, police reform cannot occur. I don't understand why nobody says this. Prison reform, prison is where the police, that's what they hold over your head. That's how the police win. Outside of killing you, that's what they have. Jail. So if we reform the jails, you change the methods by which the police have to punish you and therefore are effectively going to change how they have to do their job. Prison reform is just, it's its so extremely important. It's just as important as police reform. And... um yeah, that's what Black Lives Matter was, in general, though, fighting for. What are these guys fighting for? To keep Trump in office? Oh, your rights are being infringed upon because we can't keep the trust fund baby in the White House? Oh, my God. I don't know. I hope you got a few laughs out of that. I know I tried to. It's just so sad and scary. Oh, my God. I'm trying to make light out of it. It's difficult. It's a difficult thing. It's a sickening thing we're dealing with here. Um, and if you're a white supremacist, stop listening to my show because I literally despise you. I despise you. I'm a Jewish American man and I despise you. And uh, if you're a normal, peace-loving human being, I love you. And uh, thanks for watching my show. It means the world to me. Moving on. Anyway, here's a nice one. <laughs> this headline in the NY Post. 
the New York Post. Dollars over lives in inside NYC's defiant COVID-19 party scene. <laughs> Does this surprise you? I don't know if I'm quite surprised. Am I disappointed? A little bit. A little disappointed in that, you know. Hmm, let's see. New York City pandemic party scene. Can't stop, won't stop, even if it infects somebody. <laughs> Good writing there. All right. Despite... Attempts at a full reopening of non-essential businesses. COVID-19 restrictions regarding social events remain clear. Indoor and outdoor gatherings. Statewide and private residences will be limited to no more than 10 people. But party monsters are really apt to play by the rules, let alone by dissuaded, be dissuaded by law enforcement. So, I mean, the rest of this article kind of speaks for itself. Make sure to check it out in my description. Um, it says the shutdown risk is real. While many of these rages take place in undisclosed basements, penthouses, and various other clandestine locations, some promoters are brazen enough to display the venue name and address in public announcements. Such so, oh geez, <laughs> public announcements for parties in New York. <laughs> oh geez, oh man. When it said underground, I figured at, at the very least they weren't publicly sharing the addresses. I mean, even you know having a party regardless right now, if you are sh- regardless of if you're sharing the address, uh, terrible. Terrible, terrible, terrible thing to do. 100%. Um, I don't know. I'm sure that there's people that might be listening to this that are like, well, weren't you playing shows a few months ago? And it's like, so I did play a few shows. And the reason I did that is because I was I waited six months. We waited from March to July. So, okay, not six months, so four months. We waited four months, and in that four-month period, is I was watching these venues and promoters go back and forth with the city and the state, trying to figure out how to stay open without putting anyone in danger. They eventually came up with a very long list of precautions. Um, I was not considering playing shows at all when I got initially contacted. I was like, okay, I'll stop playing shows forever long I have to. I'm not putting anyone's life at risk. And uh, I had a venue contact me and say we need help staying open we can we the state and city said we can legally have events if we follow all these precautions and I was like I don't know I really don't know if I want to do that and they're like listen it's uh everyone has to check in at the door so we have everyone's phone number in the case of a positive test that may not comfort you but the fact what should comfort you is the show is outside there are tables that are separating everybody by 10 feet uh, people have to stay with the group that they came with. That's why another reason why they have to sign in at the door. People have to wear masks, even though it's outside, when you're in the area. Uh, when you're outside the area, you still have to be wearing your masks until you leave the premises. Um, you have to wear your mask inside if you go to the bathroom, anything like that. And they're like, there was a bathroom, but it's like they had regulations for how many people could be inside. And like they had the separation and the tables for if you wanted to sit down. Um, I double-checked everything, triple-checked everything. I just was thinking and I'm like, I'm going to the grocery store. Everyone's going to the grocery store. Everyone's going to the pharmacy. Everyone's going to the bank. Those are all more those are all more unsafe than what I'm being presented here. So once I felt that definitively, there's no debate that these precautions are far safer than anywhere else that's legally open right now, I just couldn't I couldn't bring myself to say no. Why would I do that? Uh, that said, we we tried it. Nobody got COVID. Nobody got, um, nobody even felt endangered or had anything negative to say that showed up to any of the shows. Everyone had a great time. Uh, it's just eventually enough people just that weren't going to the shows felt uncomfortable still that we were just like, okay, it's not worth it. We don't want people to feel uncomfortable, even though the people that do feel uncomfortable are not in any way putting themselves at risk 
coming to the shows and even the people at the shows are saying they don't feel at risk and have not and there's no proof of them in any risk so you'd say that that is a whole lot different than what we're dealing with here <laughs> this is like this is uh they're publicly promoting events and then just people are getting drunk and raging like it's 1993 <laughs> so to anybody who's gonna say that you know well weren't you playing shows difference there's the big difference buckaroo anyway so uh careful if you're in new york please be very careful that's uh that's a scary thing right there Ooh, this is a cool one making waves the hit indian island radio station leading climate conversations so it's a um a radio station on like this island in like uh off the coast of india and um they this girl like collects seaweed and like does all this stuff but her village is very heavily affected by the climate change problem um they have very unpredictable waters and raising waters just more than ever due to the climate change issue so it's like they're able to discuss it at a different level because they have all this proof all around them as to what's going on and it's very interesting um and they cover very cool article definitely make sure to check this one out uh, i found it very interesting i definitely had to share it and uh, another thing they're raising awareness about is, um, which should have ended a long time ago, child marriages in India. That's still a thing. Arranged child marriages in India. So these, this radio station, they put out um, all kinds of facts about what's terrible about child marriages, psychologically, physically, all the terrible things that can occur from child marriages that have occurred in history to try and inform the parents as to why it's a terrible idea um, to hopefully end it entirely. Um, so that's amazing. Uh, they're doing great things for climate change, great things for the kids in India and spectacular article. Make sure you check that out. Next up, Robbie Robertson from the band is going to sell his historic mixing console on reverb. <laughs> Save up those dollars. Yeah, this is amazing. Um, the band was of course, uh, Bob Dylan's backup band that then went off and did their own thing with uh, it was Levon Helm and Robbie Robertson was the guitarist. Levon Helm was the drummer uh, singer who wrote the songs. Um, they play that song. Take a load off any, take a load free, take a load off any. Yeah, you put the road, put the road right on me. Yeah, the weight. By, uh, yeah, that was in that song, that movie, Easy Rider. But yeah, that's uh, the band. Very cool. This guy's Robbie Robertson, the guitar player, selling his mixing console. Oh, man, that's so cool. So much history on this thing. Um, save up your money. What are we looking at? I don't, I don't see a figure. I don't see a figure on this. What's he selling it for? Oh, man. I'm sure they're going to auction it. <laughs> it's going gonna, it's gonna to go for probably like $50,000 or something crazy insane yeah so save up those dollars next up we got Catherine calder launches calming toll-free phone service i thought this was hilarious uh Catherine calder who's the singer songwriter of a band called the new pornographers um she is from the city of victoria uh in british columbia uh in the artist residence she is uh launching a new project, a toll-free phone service devoted to meditation and calm. So if you need to, uh, you know, calm yourself down somewhat, make sure to go to one eight seven seven two b calm 2 2-B-E-C-A-L-M. Indeed. That's amazing. Very cool. Indeed. Very, very cool. Next up, uh, there have been some new puzzles, some jigsaw puzzles released. 
Pink Floyd themed, and they have the uh, album covers. They're celebrating the album covers of Pink Floyd, and uh, super cool looking. I just wanted to let you know, because I know I got a lot of music fans that listen to this, so be sure to check that out. Um, got the link in the description, of course, if you are interested in the Pink Floyd jig- Jigsaw Puzzle. Oh my goodness. The next link I have in the description is a video on Facebook of a rooster screaming in death metal style. It goes, and just makes like this really crazy noise. And then he falls over and it's so funny. I didn't expect it to be that funny. And just watching it is so hilarious. Um, You have to watch it. Go to the link, watch this rooster scream some death metal and be a weirdo. Anyway, next up. Tracy Chapman gets $450,000 in a copyright lawsuit settlement in, from Nicki Minaj after rapper sampled Baby Can I Hold You in a leaked track. So, this makes me happy just because the pop industry keeps on trying to use these instrumentals in these tracks and then they try not to pay the people and I'm just not about it. I'm not about it at all. Um, and a lot of the time, people have to just go through, jump through hoops and Tracy Chapman is just an incredible artist who should always be uh, credited for anything she's ever done because she's paid her dues. And uh, this just makes me happy. I think she she deserves the money. Thank goodness. Um, next up, listen to David Bowie cover Bob Dylan's Trying to Get to Heaven and John Lennon's Mother in newly unearthed recordings. This is super cool. Make sure to head to the link in the description. Uh, check that out. I have not listened to them yet. I'm sure they're awesome. Uh, next up, we got game of the week i'm gonna start doing that just because like i play a lot of video games and i i know i'm sure some of my listeners play some video games so i figure i'll let you know about some stuff that maybe you didn't know about um this game man eater i've been playing you play as a shark you start as a baby shark and you grow into a really big shark and it's so fun it's just uh you just swim around you eat stuff and there's been a lot of games, you know, there's like Echo the Dolphin, there's all this stuff like with things swimming around and none of them are realistic or really all that great. And this is like super realistic. Like the way the shark moves on land as opposed to in the water, like cause you can jump out of the water and eat stuff. It's really cool. And you gain all these abilities and mutations and the shark evolves and uh, you fight hunters and you fight all kinds of like uh, sea creatures and stuff. And it's just very, very fun. Um, definitely was very addicted to it for a little bit. So, if you like video games, Maneater, PS4, I think it's on Xbox and stuff too. Uh, I don't think it's on Switch. I think it might just be on PS4 actually. I'm not 100% sure, but yeah, it's amazing, Maneater. Yeah, next up, uh, industry commentary. That's what I'm going to do. So I feel practice makes perfect. And I feel like people don't really understand this to the full extent that it's meant when it's said by other musicians. Uh, getting really good at an instrument takes a really long time, like a really long time. So like the fact is, um, you need to, you need to practice that muscle every day for a long time before you're going to be even mildly good at it. The fact is you need to, uh, work and work at it. Like I played guitar for so many years, every single day being terrible at it, thinking I would never be good at it just because I wanted to be good at it so bad before I was able to like finally play gigs for a living and uh, play comfortably enough to where people were really enjoying it. So uh, the fact is you just, you have to, if you want to be good at it, if you want to do it for a living, if you want to play music for a living, you have to practice. You have to make a practice schedule and you have to stick to it. The less you practice, the longer it's going to take for you to get to where you can do this for a living. And that's just the way that it is. Um, A lot of bands try to move forward before they have enough material to really do it well and do it right. 
And um, that's just no good because you're just going to tarnish your name, tarnish your reputation. And when you go out there, people are going to, oh, that person's not that good. But you probably had the potential to be good eventually. You just didn't give yourself enough time. And um, it really, like, I've been singing for 15 years. And I mean, I, I sang longer than that. It's just that's how long I've been, like, singing, knowing I want to be a singer. So it's, it's just so much time. And that's the devotion. And people try to think that they can take shortcuts and get there because in their head they're better than they are in real life. But you need to record yourself. You need to listen to yourself. And you need to talk to people who listen to you and listen to them with open ears and not be afraid to hear that you didn't do that good. Because if you're afraid to hear that, you're never going to get to a point to where you will do good because you won't, you'll get comfortable. Getting comfortable is just the worst thing you could do because like, there's not any amount of singing you're going to do that's good. You're going to be perfect. And you're going to be, oh, this is as good as I need to be. No. <laughs> no, 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 no. I warm up and I practice every day. Like, this is this is a lifestyle. This is not, uh, this is, it's not a choice. This is like, you're, you're either the type of person who has to live this lifestyle or you're not. So before you go quitting your job or doing anything crazy, think about it. Are you the kind of person that wants to travel regularly? Are you the type of person that wants to always be working? Are you the type of person who loves their work in music? Or does it stress you out? Because if it stresses you out, it's just going to get more stressful. Like if, you, if you're not doing it for a living right now and it, you're already super stressed out about the idea of a music career, stop. Stop trying to do it for a career. I'm not saying that to be a jerk. I'm saying that to help you. I'm saying that to like save you from a whole lot of wasted money and time that's going to hurt you. Because you're eventually going to come to that realization of, I'm not all in on this. And I've been putting in this time for the wrong reasons. Because if it's the right reason, the only right reason there is, is you have to. People say, oh, you do it for the wrong reasons, the right reasons. Oh, I do it to help people. I do it for the... No, you do it because you have to. That's the only right reason. If you don't have to, if you don't absolutely have to, and you have to be crazy to have to, if you don't absolutely have to, you're even more crazy for, for doing it anyway. Because if you don't have to, there's no way, there's no way that if you don't need it, that if you don't need it with every fiber of your being, that you're going to give it even a microscopic fraction of what is required for you to get where you need to be to be safe and comfortable in this industry. It's extremely difficult. It is the hardest industry to break into for a reason. It's because the people who are not supposed to be here get weeded out. But the fact is they don't get weeded out quickly and a lot of people end up in this industry wasting a lot of time and money on stuff they weren't fully devoted to for the wrong reasons. Again, if you don't have to do it, if you don't need it with every fiber of your being because of your burning love for music, stop. You're going to hurt yourself, and it's not going to be a good situation. But if you need it with every fiber of your being, I feel for you because it's a really difficult life. Um everything's going to fight against you. Everything's going to tell you to turn back. Even even if it's not your parents. Like, my parents have always been supportive, but I've always found plenty of obstacles. And I've always fought through them. But it took a lot of time and a lot of patience and a lot of falling on my face. So, um, a lot of new musicians who are just starting or in the past few years like to look at what I'm doing and be like, well, how did he get there? Well, I wonder how he did that. Thinking like I like knew people or made shady dealings or 
paid people or nonsensical. I worked extremely hard for 15 years specifically on this to get to where I am, to be able to book shows wherever I want to in New England, to be able to comfortably bring a big crowd to a venue, to be able to comfortably say, okay, obviously our music's good because enough people like it that it's got to be pretty decent. That took a very long time. That took so many releases that were terrible that I, I hated. I hated, let alone the people that were listening to it that I didn't initially hate, but then I, I, I would release and listen to over and over again and be like, oh, this is terrible. That happened way more times than me enjoying what I put out. So it's like now that I'm here, I know what I am. I know my worth and I know when I'm writing something that's good. And that's not a security you get to have overnight. And there's so many people who get into this that think that it is. And um, that makes me sad. But it also doesn't because they'll eventually figure out where they belong. Just because you don't belong here doesn't mean you don't belong somewhere awesome. There's plenty of amazing things to do. Just because you're not amazing at playing an instrument doesn't mean you're not going to be an amazing out-of-this-world photographer or videographer or marine biologist or any number of things. And once you find that thing you really love, like if it wasn't music you're going to feel a whole different way about it and you're going to go, oh. So that's how those guys feel about music. I really, when I say, if you don't fully feel it and you're not fully devoted to it, pack up. When I say that, I'm not saying it to be mean. I'm not saying it like, yeah, you don't have what it takes, then quit. That's not what I'm saying at all. I'm not trying to egg you on. I'm trying to tell you that there are other options if this is not specifically the one. And if you don't feel an aching, burning desire, not desire, but necessity in you to do it, then you don't have what is needed to be here, but you have what is needed to be where you belong. And that's fine. And I'm just saying this because I want people to be happy. I got no reason to weed out competition. That's a huge thing that people like to do in this industry and act like is a thing you need to do. You don't need to weed out your competition. It's so ridiculous. You are you. There's not another you. Therefore, if you are really good at making a product that sounds like you, it's not going to matter how many other successful musicians there are in the world. You're still going to do really great because it's great. That's how it works. So this idea of having to like fight your competition or step on people's heads to get ahead is so disgusting and ridiculous. And it's not because it makes sense. It's just because human nature is to be terrible. <laughs> it's sad, but it is our condition and is what we need to fight through and work through. And it's it, but we also need to acknowledge that it's okay because it's who we are, and we wouldn't be made this way if it wasn't for a reason. And the fact is, it's all okay. Everything's fine. And if you don't feel right right now with where you are at in life, it's just because you need a change. It's not because you are stuck there forever and you're just gonna be miserable forever. No, it's because you need a change. And that's fine. And uh, that goes hand in hand with the practice thing. If you're really not feeling practicing and getting really good in an instrument, and granted, it's super frustrating, but you have to want it bad enough to fight through that terrible, terrible feeling in the beginning when you're bad at it. And if you don't, then you'll want something else bad enough to be passionate about it and to be happy with it, regardless. Last but not least, Charity of the Week is Oceana. They do essentially what Wildlife Conservation Society does for the ocean. Well, they what Wildlife Conservation does 
for uh, wildlife on land, but for the sea creatures. And uh, they just do amazing things. They're protecting all kinds of um, endangered sea life, and they are helping to um, grant all kinds of ecosystems a better, safer environment uh, from all kinds of different adversity. So spectacular cause. Make sure you check them out. Oceana. That's all I got for you today. Thank you so much for listening. You're amazing. I'll be back every week, every week. Monday for the audio, Wednesday for the video. You're amazing. I love you. Stay spicy. Frank's Red Hot does not sponsor the show, but they should.